Welcome one and all to yet another edition of Talk So Real. Man, I appreciate you for tuning in every time like you do. And uh, like I say, every time this is the podcast series where I just sit down and talk to my friends. My name is Matt Sanzala and I'm sitting here in the palatial estates of my brother Noah Tenefrancia. Did I say that right? Definitely. It was a little off. No, you're on point. Don't worry about it. Teachers always just say it wrong, but you did. We're a lot closer than that. Well, I always like to play, you know, music from around the world and things. And I know I've butchered many names over the course of time. But, you know, known you for a long time, man. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is I know you do. You promote events. You've done a lot of things here in Austin. But you have always been, to me, like one of the biggest supporters I've known of just people really doing things in the music scene here in Austin. You're like the the Austin FC supporter squad for Austin music. You're like the Lamurga of the uh, Austin music scene from what I can see. You've always been in the place, always been super supportive. And I know I and a lot of people appreciate you, man. Well, I, I, I appreciate it. And I also am honored to be here with you and to go over, you know, I mean, to be here with you, I have a lot of people. You were major inspiration for me too. You know what I mean? So to hold it down for the state of Texas and just from your background, man. I've always looked up to you, Matt. So man, just to let I, you know, I've, I'm deeply honored to be here with you. I appreciate that, man. And like, I just, uh, I think a lot of people don't realize how reciprocal it is because like, I, you know, as a promoter, it's kind of a thankless job sometimes, man. It's not a lot of money. You lose money. You lose, you know, you get into stupid ass <laughs> arguments and things with people that you shouldn't be arguing with. You get into stupid, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of can be a thankless thing, but then, when you look back and you see the friends you've made over time and the real relationships you were able to build just by throwing a party. It's totally different out here in the state of Texas. And just as a comparison to where everybody else gets it, I mean, to come from here, yeah, it's a pain in the ass, but, you know, dealing with a pandemic, even recently, you know, I really got to look back at everything that I ever got to witness or be a part of, and it really made me miss that. So, you know, as they say, you know, if if it's if, if it doesn't feel like work, then it's not work at all. You know, and I never realized how 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 much important that music was to me. You know, just being there. I mean, shoot, when I met you, Richard Henry and Mikey, who you recently did interviews with, I was just like, I I hung on to every word that that everything that each each of those guys had to talk about, and it just opened up a lot of doors for me again. You know. I mean, we're lucky to be in a city like Austin that's pretty wide open, but it was the most surreal thing I could imagine when it, it all cut down. Like you were, We were just talking before about you know a couple shows that happened like right before, and I, my memory is I went to Houston on March 6, 2020, and that was the day that South By yes. canceled. And that night I saw Fat Tony and Blackie in Houston, and then on Saturday the 8th, Jane Claire and Vapor Caves and a few others performed at the North Door. And Fat Tony had some merch he needed to pick up, so I went and picked it up for him. And so I went over to Empire before his show, and all the dudes there were like, man, we're going to make it happen. We're still going to make it happen, man. We're going to make these shows happen. We're, you know, South By's canceled, but we're still going to do it. We're going to try. And that March 8th show was the last show I saw for a long time. You said you had some similar memories, and it's so crazy. Like, I don't know what the hell day I saw. Well, I, I saw Bun B on 420. Okay, 420 is an easily memorable day, but I don't remember the date of any I, of the shows. <laughs> like, did I remember that weekend? Oh, my God. Just thinking about it. Well, you know, 
Heard Entertainment had brought a show with DJ Craze. Mm-hmm. And then there was this other guy, John Casey, who was coming in from South Africa, you know, a bunch of bass guys. And I left my last, I had a music class at Data Geeks and just seeing how empty downtown streets were, it was like, man, something's really about to happen. I mean, you could feel the change, but even the last few shows before that it all happened, you know, like I was talking to you earlier about with, you know, Shingo 2, Kamasi, Washington, and also the John First and Shield One show. I mean, you just feel how the impact of all that just was just going to change everything. I mean, literally, just right before it happened, I was having the best conversations I could have with some pretty significant people, you know, and just thinking about those last conversations and still be ha- being able to have these conversations right now, you know, it's, I see why it's so important to, you know, to keep this thing going, especially for our state. Those shows happened, though? The ones you're talking yes, about? Yes, they yeah. did happen. They did happen. But, but like, right with, before. Like, DJ Craze didn't even play his show at the Parish. I mean, I saw John Casey play, and that was it. And there was this other DJ, Champagne Jip, and they were basically the last biggest party that they were having, which was at the Summit at the time. And, yeah, uh, yeah just, just, just feeling all that change. Like, God, it sucks when, like, all that hits, and it's like, you couldn't, you didn't know who you were going to be next to or if you were going to get the COVID, you know? And mm-hmm. at that time, it was the most impactful and painful to get. I mean, I got it like about a month ago, but it wasn't that painful. You know? Oh, you did? Yeah. Damn. I think it's a little, I think that, that it's died down a bit by now. But yeah, yeah, yeah that was a really, um, it was a really scary time. But looking back, it's almost like, I mean, we have to look at everything as a blessing, kind of, because now we got, you know, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was, um, not so appreciative of Austin and the scene and things for a minute. Like I wasn't going out before the pandemic as much as we used to do, yeah. you know, as much as you do. Yeah. You know, I was like, man, this shit, you know, and then when it all went away, it was like, you had to have like a real realization of like, you know, these are the people we need to support. These are real humans trying to make it with their art do the things we do. And, you know, when it got taken away from us, it was a real, eye-opening experience to me absolutely you know? and uh now i mean you've been out ain't shit changed <laughs> i mean people I are mean, ready i mean austin's ready it's crazy it's already popping as hard like nothing left with as far as the parties or whatever's going on and of course it's hitting hard but i mean we were already already facing that before the pandemic hit i mean trying to just like you and everybody else trying to fight for what we used to hold out here is, you know, like we already lost that a long time ago. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean I don't appreciate what it is, what we used to have, or we're still not fighting for the same thing. Right. But, you know, learning how to adapt all this stuff has just been so much more eye opening for me. You know, there's a deeper level of gratitude, at least on my part, because, you know, just like you, you know, I basically come from the lineage of like, trying to follow on guys steps like you or like Graham, you know, Graham Williams. Of course, yeah. And like, you know, you guys were major inspirations for me because you guys were the first generation of, you know, making music happen here. So trying to follow along that and just as a comparison to the new generation because well, the music that you like and we like, but no, we had plenty of predecessors for sure. Yeah, for sure, but it's like just so much different these yeah. days trying to make people see what it is that we were brought up on and trying to teach the new generation. Not that there's anything wrong with the new generation, it's just, you know, it's just a larger disconnect, I think. But at the same time, I think us as the, you know, the older generation kind of have to like be a lot more patient for it instead of just flipping out sometimes on it, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, well, the new generation has all their music in their pocket. They know what they want. You know, it's all delivered right to them, and it's different in that way, I think. So it's kind of like I'm, I fully admit to being out of touch with a lot of things these days. You know, like I don't know half the things going on, and I used to know every single thing. Well, it's like generations just pop out of nowhere sometimes, and it's like all because of the Internet. You know, like I was just thinking earlier, it's like when before the Internet has, had came around us, having accessibility to the way it had for us uh, that it has for us today back in the day it was all flyers you know coming just showing up to shows and you didn't i mean you wanted to be part of this at least for me i wanted to be part of the scene but there were just a lot of things i didn't know how to jump into so i had to learn straight from being there or wanting to be a part of instead of just like turning on your phone and then just seeing like this is what i want to do or, or this is what everybody's doing and i'm going to go do that but i mean i see how the internet has changed but like i said it we were setting up shows before the internet had hit the way it had, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, we all also used the internet big time. Yeah, of course. You know, when it, when it really started happening for us, but I mean, like my kids go to shows of groups I never heard. You know, yeah. And I think it's great. You know, there's lots of things happening. That's the thing about when uh, we complain and I, I'm one of the worst complainers about, you know, the changes here and things have happened. But one of the things I can appreciate is, Austin's diversifying a little bit with all these new people coming in. I mean, I'm seeing it at certain shows and certain places like where I'm like, oh, this is a little different now, man. And the support base for things like free jazz and mm. things like that, like there's different things. There's there's people here from other places who are appreciating a wider range of things that we kind of had to fight to get people to come out for. Totally, totally. Like new music and new, you know, some of the DJs that we liked, but they weren't household names yet. They weren't that big. You know, I know you've worked with a lot of people. I still do. Still do. You know, I still do. And what got you into it? What got you into like promoting in the scene? Well, you know, just showing up, like I said, as a kid, like just coming from Austin, Texas, like, I mean, being, you know, coming from, you know, from what you were doing, you know, cause I, you know, I didn't even realize that you came here in 2004. So I was listening on that last interview that you did. You were here in 2004. I thought you well, were here. I came here in 07 to Austin, but I started working with South by in 04. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not, I mean, like on the side and officially in 07. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, I just remember all that and like, you know, let's just start here. Like I, how I met Richard Henry was, he was setting up a show for Mike Realm. Do you remember who yeah, Mike Realm wow. is? Yeah, of course. Like, so that was like, he, <laughs> and it's crazy because he was kind of new here and I didn't know. The thing is like, I went to go catch this Qbert Scion event and then Richard was handing flyers out for Mike Realm. And then I was like, I'll help, I'll, I'll go check it out. And then Mike Realm was coming and, and it's crazy because I remember when Mike Realm, when he was first DJing and I used to see him on videos, on VHS tapes, you know what I'm saying? He didn't have any hair and then, he had this whole new get up and the DVD turntable CDJ mm-hmm. or DVD J thing was being made and, and that was being pushed. And it was at the old whiskey bar. And from that specifically because of that event, I helped Richard Henry with whatever I could, whatever he made available. You know what I mean? And that's just how it was. I mean, it wasn't ever a question on the weekend. It was about what you were going to do. You know, I would just go out and get it, whatever it was. If I heard something, I mean, downtown was a playground for all of us. And, and how much of that has changed due to the pandemic or whatever is it's really out of our choice. It's just, I believe that retaining, especially with any musical type history here, it's it's going to take a lot of change and stuff and how we're going to like, you know, keep on trying to maintain the grounds of where that's going to be presented at. You know. 
shit, you live on the south side, man. I wouldn't even go downtown if I was you. I'd be at the far out. I'd be at the Little Darling, all the little spots popping up. Meanwhile, you're right down the street from Meanwhile. I mix it up a lot, you know? Like, there's things popping down here, man. It's just like, I always say, most cities don't have an entertainment district. Most cities don't have a 6th Street, you know? Mm-hmm. They might have a downtown with a couple things happening here and there. But most cities don't have that. We can, we can diversify. Yeah, it, this, that's one thing that we're not going to be able to, to go up against is a change here. But, I mean, just like talking about the past, it was just downtown was the hub, of, of course. But you could just catch anything. And it was just like original South Bys back in the day. When I was a kid, you just heard about something. You could walk by a bar. You didn't even know who was playing and then go catch that show. And then a week later or next year, you would hear about that band becoming popular or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a blessing of just coming from here. You know, coming from here. It's just like being has made me feel so much fortunate just to be so encompassed with the music. Yeah, you got to really experience that, which was, you know, amazing. I mean, coming, it was such a great feeling to live in Houston and but just to come to Austin for oh, the man. shows and stuff. Like, there was such a different vibe, such a good feeling. And, and like, it was, I mean, it was never perfect. There was always shot bars and stuff like that, but it was before the shot bar takeover and stuff. And it was so much like, my God, man, so much crazy, so much good stuff, so happening. much good stuff, so much good stuff. But I mean, you know, it is what it is. And it's still happening. And I like to see the growth in, like I say, in different directions. You know, I personally want a parking lot at my venue. You yeah, know, like, for sure. Or, you know, like I don't I feel like I could complain about it. You know, we went to Matt Professor at Flamingo the oh other, a couple of weeks ago and felt so good in, in Flamingo inside it. Like Definitely. that's that's the real deal still to this day but then you walk out like it's like a whole different Austin Saturday night <laughs> a whole different Austin all the time but but so it's like why can't you know I don't I'll go to the I mean it's a half hour drive for me to go to the Far Out Lounge but I've seen some really cool shows there definitely and definitely. the vibe is amazing there's food you know did, did you take your daughter to see Machine Girl over at Far Out she went on her own oh man that's awesome she went she came home covered in dirt just dirty as hell my boy Cygnus, do you know who Cygnus is? I've seen the name. Yes, he's a Texas native, Dallas, but he, yeah. I've set him up and he played Exploded Drawing a few times. He's amazing too. I probably did see him then. Yeah, he opened up for Machine Gun. They, they do a lot of stuff as far as shows together. Mm. Cygnus is an amazing electronic producer guy and just amazing guy. I think Machine Girl's coming back, according to my daughter. Yeah, he's amazing. He's yeah. amazing, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny you asked that because that was really... Um, I was actually a little worried. I'm like, oh, you're driving all the way down there. <laughs> but she did. And man, that's one of those things. When I saw her come home, like literally she was covered in dust, like dirt, the, the mosh pit or whatever oh, right, on the ground out there. And uh, I was like, man, having flashbacks of the feelings I would have, you know, getting to go to shows at 16 years old and <laughs> how exciting that was and how, you know, and shit, still exciting. Like I said, we saw Mad Professor, the legend. It was exciting. I mean, it's in the air right now, man. The shows are doing pretty well. I mean, you know, despite the change in a, a lot of the populations that might be here that you're not liking, there's still life here. You know, we, we shouldn't give up on that. It right. is annoying. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of big changes here, but learning how to adapt to stuff is the one thing I'm trying to do. Well, I mean, I'm saying I think there's good and bad because there's lots of people who have come down here who want other kinds of music and different things, you know, and it's not just, I mean, think about it. I get real tired of the complaints about uh, 
I don't get tired of it because it's very real and it affects people. But the the diversity issues in the music scene and in and who gets this and who gets that and but I come from the time when, for lack of a better term, when it was real white. I'm white. I don't know. It's it was it more white about now like, than later. Back in the day, uh. back in the day, those venues were like, nope, <laughs> we are not doing that rap shit. Sorry. <laughs> you know, and now it's been a you know good 15 years of work from a lot of different people. But, um, man, there's hip hop shows every week. There's things going on all the time here, man. It's it's happening. I mean, the last, like I said, told you last week, uh, catching Rakim and Jizza was still quite a treat. You know? Really? It was yeah. a good show? Oh, it was a great show. It was great. And nice crowd? Yeah, a really great crowd. Good, good, crowd. good. That's where I saw Richard. And I, you know, when I saw him, I saw him that you did the interview. I sent him a text to say what's up, you know, but I didn't get to catch him because it was so chaotic. Yeah, man, I was, uh, I was my, my old age was hard to do that on a Tuesday. I saw that it was on a Tuesday. You already know we've done so much of this. They'll be back around, you know? Yeah. I was just happy to see, you know, I saw Boris and Pax, just, you know, Bach. Just saw a lot of people that definitely helped build the scene here, and that's that's still that still holds a place in my heart, you know? Like, you know, seeing you at Exploded Drawing, too, was just, you know, really awesome to see you and seeing that the guys are still holding it down over there, too. I mean, that's something that I want to support forever, if possible. I mean, to me, Exploded Drawing is, like, the essence Exploded John has held down such a oh, cool, such you know. a cool creative part of Austin, which is, I hope will never change, and I don't think it, I don't think it will. But you no. know, big shout out to Butcher Bear and and Andrew P. Brown because they they keep that thing going, and I'm glad you know I've had the opportunity to participate and do a lot of different things with them too. Yeah, I got to get them on here for sure and talk about that whole history because that's um, I mean, it's still five bucks. Yeah, it's not. It's nothing too expensive, and I did. I also didn't realize that Butcher Bear Ben is a is an Austin native too. I never knew. Oh that. yeah, I never, did, I never do that. He's got so much history here. It's crazy, man. In bands and in the electronic world, and yeah. like, I sometimes look at him like, how do you put out all these records and do all these things, man? Like Insect Records. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, like I know him and uh, Chris. Uh, he was one of the door guys at Empire's Big Black Chris. You know what I'm talking about? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely know who he is. He used yeah. to work at Evos forever, but they all grew up together here. And I always thought Butcher Bear was, because he always used to, when him and Richard used to play shows together, he'd just be wearing his costume. And I was like, what is this? You know what I mean? Didn't, you know, didn't know what to think of it. But then, you know, when Exploded Drawing got their ideas to start Exploded Drawing together, they had met at a No Such Thing show. Mm. And then... I helped with set up that show. It was the old venue 222 when Sasha used to help set it up with Scoremore. You and know, I still have his number in my phone is Sasha Aces. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> he still surprise, has him, I yeah. mean, he's out here killing. No, much respect to him and whatever he's done. But yeah, because Aces was 222. It changed right? over to 222. At some point, yeah, yeah, yeah. It changed over to 222. Actually, that year of South by 2011 was super epic for me, too. 2011 South by was also when I was able to line up with Red Bull. Do you remember the event? I actually, you had to drop the hammer on that event, actually. What? Yeah, do you remember the event they had at, at the Red Bull 2011 freestyle competition? In the parking lot? Yeah. I do not remember ever, I've worked with Red Bull a lot. I don't remember ever dropping a hammer on that. I don't know, I just, I, I think the South by Commission had had an issue with it, and I don't know. I remember when I was there because, you know, shout out to, you know, DJ Manny because he was the one who kind of got me lined up. And also, uh, um, you know, DJ Ulevi Miguel, 
was another guy who got me really lined up with Red Bull. And I remember that year being such an iconic year. I was on. Was that when it was like LL and Z Trip and everybody? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was amazing. Well, I, ba- I basically got the boss, got like, they gave me like all access over there and let me boss that, that whole show. But man, that show was so iconic. Well, I do know that uh, South by for sure would give Teresa and Red Bull, Teresa was running it back in the day, mm-hmm. give them, put them through the ringer constantly. I know that. But um, I always kind of tried to stay away from that because my feeling was always. As a company, South by Southwest has the right to, you know, of course, maintain their hold on things and their rights. But it is America, and people have venues that aren't, you know what I mean? Like I mean, you can't it, stop that. And if, and to be honest with you, most people that was almost like a free. As much as the thing, the issue is the sponsorships. They want a piece of that money. I understand that. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> the average person who went to that Red Bull show was like, "Man, I went to the Red Bull South by Southwest show." They don't know that who the official sponsors are. They don't know any of that shit. They just know they had a good experience at South by Southwest. Absolutely. I get it. It's just crazy. But, you know, that's how it goes in between the corporate world. And, you know, just like you, just working on the South by Southwest, you've got to follow their guidelines. And and I was just, you know, I used to help be part of the registration team. You remember I did that for a few years. Ugh, yeah. And they always wanted to give me leads, too. They, they wanted to give me full positions. But just because of Red Bull, I would have, I would just do the volunteer stuff and do my thing so I could do whatever I wanted to do with Red Bull too, yep. you know. But it's not like like they can't tell you you can't do it. But you know, you know they want to get a piece of the pie for which way it's coming. So you can't stop that either. And I think they deserve it, but they also I know from the inside that they, you know, they have their guidelines and their little rules, and they miss. I think they miss out on money sometimes, to be honest. But <laughs> one thing about South by, I will say what you 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 had commented on and what it used to be like and stuff, but. This year was pretty dope. Oh, man, I had to miss out on most of South by, to be honest with you, this yep. year. Yeah, well, you know, dealing with the health issues, too. You right, know? right. I mean, that's been a big change for me, too. I mean, making a transition into a wheelchair was something, of course, was, I knew it was coming, but, you know, the the whole part about it was, you know, I had to get real with that, and overcoming a few things about having to deal with it and accepting it has been a total big game changer for me, too. It's a lot to accept. Can oh, absolutely. You, can you tell me a little bit about it, like what you're dealing with? Well, I've been suffering from a disease for a long time now called Myoshi's myopathy, and my nervous system has been deteriorating for a while. So I've been battling it with about, for about 15 years now. Damn. So, I mean, last basically when South by hit that this year, for the past few years, I knew it was coming. But, you know, I wasn't going to continue to, you know, hobble around or have to continuously have to always be in crutches because everyone was always like, why are you always in crutches? Why are you always in crutches? But, you know, it just tried to get too surreal for me. And to be honest with you, the, the wheelchair works a lot more for me. And the other part about it is learning that how important the music was to me, that no matter what, even if this wheelchair was going to come up, I'm still going to be there. And when, when you saw me that Exploded Drawing show, you know, it was just, I felt so good about just doing that. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody wants to be in a wheelchair. Like, who does? But at the same time, it's like, this is, I've been able to own it and make a move on it and just learning how to adapt. And especially living in Austin and Texas and be disabled is like, so terrible. Yeah. Look, what the, look, what, look what this economy is doing. It's like, it's like pushing itself to live by a means that's just totally unreasonable. And then it pushes away the people who help build this city, you know? And I don't know somebody who knows that about more than anybody. I know it's you, you know, dealing with so many, you know, forgive me because... I don't mean that, you know, just the African-American culture here, you know, like you've helped push a lot of people who are, who have built Texas all together. Really? If you ask me, come on, come on. Yeah, I mean, and 
Yeah, the whole neighborhoods have transformed completely, and Absolutely. everybody's getting terrible. Out. It's, it's crazy. Terrible. But man, I uh, I was really excited to see you though, because at first of all, I didn't, you know, that was my first time seeing you in the wheelchair, obviously, yeah. and uh, I guess I sort of forgot, like I knew, but I've seen you at crutches before, but yeah. So you told me a little bit about it that night, but I'm like, damn right, he's getting, he's still getting out, still supporting. Nothing. I'd rather not be able to walk as long as I got my ears to listen to music. You can still find me in the back corner doing what I've always done. That ain't going to change. Nothing's going to stop that. No, hell no. That's great, man. I definitely admire that about you. And that's what I said right from the start. Like, I've known from a long time ago. I remember my friend Sunju. You know Sunju. I don't know. Back in the day, like, I just remember being at Beauty Bar and I said something about you. I was like, man, that dude, he's, he's everything. She's like, Dude, he is literally like one of the most supportive. This is t- 15 years ago. Yeah, totally. Like totally. one of the most supportive dudes of all this. You know, he's always in the place making sure. You know what I mean? You know, well, just like man. just like you, man, I want not to necessarily have a title, but I mean, we, we come from the live music capital of the world. That should hold something to something. Despite the fact it's changed so much, I'm still about this music. You know, it doesn't matter because like if whether there's a hundreds of people at a show or if I'm just back at my house and I can just turn on the computer and find the music that I want. Got turntables, put a record on, you know, God, I'm so grateful for that. Just cause like everyone else, it's kept me alive. Kept, you know, I'm so grateful for that. I mean, is that how you coped with the, like the isolation, the pandemic? Oh man, just- during, during the pandemic. So I had to go to Pflugerville and I lived with basically my best friend who's like my sister. And, uh, you know, she has a kid and, I had the opportunity to just to break out. Actually, I had to, I was right when the pandemic hit you know, I was living with my friend and then he, he, you know, God bless him, but you know, he had a mental breakdown and of course he was dealing with hardcore mental conditions and I had to run out of his house, you know, basically. And then I moved, I was in Pflugerville for most of the pandemic and my best friend, Stephanie, she's, you know, was the lead supervising nurse for the COVID unit at the Dell Hospital. Oh, so, man. you know, she has a seven-year-old. Well, she was seven at the time, her daughter Maddie, and, like, she didn't want her to get – COVID was so scary that, like, I, I was at their house more than they were. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was working for an attorney online and going to school online, so I was in this house constantly. You know, I, I got out a little bit here and there, but, it, of course, just – I don't know about anybody else, but, of course, I was I was having to deal with that trying to stay in my space had to get out of Austin and had to stay in Pflugerville but you know I'm grateful we got through it and I'm Stephanie's still my best friend and you know it's still beautiful that I I've known her forever since I've known her since middle school you know we're still really good friends she's an amazing she's such a an inspiration for me and she's a mom and I still talk to her all the time you know well, that's one of the things we definitely found in those years was who our friends were. I mean, everybody, you know? for the most part, is still my friends. There's a few little beefs here and there, but I mean, for the most part, like everyone's still on the same page with me. I'm so grateful for that, too. No, it's great. What have you got? What are you working on? I know you, you were saying you've got some shows you're even. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's this, like I said, what I got coming up, uh, there's a DJ, John First. He's, he's coming in from Europe. John First had a project that he was with another producer a percussionist named shield one uh unfortunately i'm not able to bring in shield one because he's doing a lot of like theatrical acts and doing percussion stuff for them and he's an amazing guy but john first is 
he's an amazing DMC battler. And he's doing was doing a lot of stuff with DJ Craze and stuff, and he's coming back through here. I'm doing a party. Uh, you know Buck Rogers, right? Yeah. I'm doing a birthday party for him at Data Geeks. Data Geeks? Mm-hmm. What is that? It's a music school. It's all 3D printing and a lot of software stuff. A lot of guys who do a lot of stage production when they want to learn new software. Where st- is it? It's off of Mainer. Hmm. The Road Mainer. Dope. It's on that, all that new subdivision stuff over there. But it's, it's cool stuff, man. It's, I don't know if you're familiar with Kyle Evans. He goes by Pulse Coder too, but he is he's amazing. He's also teaching at UT now, but he does lots of amazing he has a live act with lots of visuals and music. It's that dude is awesome. That sounds very Austin awesome as well, man. Oh, man. That's very cool. Go yeah. off Mainer Road, not downtown. Oh yeah, it's, <laughs> a mile about it. What venues are you? Do you still want to work with? Like, where? What are you looking at? I mean, whatever's left, which is basically just Mohawk and Empire. You know, for the most part. Sometimes a little bit of Native too here and there. Native, but, the New Parish. Yeah, and the New Parish too, which is basically still Heard Entertainment. Yep. old ND, but it still looks great to me, man. Those spots still hold a place for me, too, you know. I I respect those spots a lot. I mean, I always felt like the ND was one of the best rooms for so many things in this city. Definitely. It <laughs> always was a hard room to fill. Man, I have a crazy story about the North Thor. So, you know, I, I don't know if you know, I, I a while back I had to do a couple years in, in TDC, I did not. Yeah, so I had I had to sit out for a couple of years, but when I came back, my friend Asha was working with these promoters out of Chicago, these college kids, and um, so we all know who the Migos are, right? Sure, of course. Okay, well, I don't know if you heard the previous year, I was locked up at the time, but the previous year at Empire, the Migos had a huge dispute I don't know if you know, like, I think the Migos got kind of banned from South by from this specific thing where, you know, they were supposed to set up a show at Empire and they went up and like caused a huge ruckus over there. And it caused, a, you know, the South by Southwest Commission to kind of like not allow them to do events for South by. So the next year when I got out, I don't even know who the Migos were. Do you know what years was that? This was 2014 South by. Yeah. So that was right after my time there. So I was like, so disconnected yeah, from it for sure like for i sure. definitely went out of town i probably just i definitely was not in town for that i probably didn't even well, look at the pretty much after internet. south by 2012 i heard south by wasn't able to get like the movement that it used to get and i didn't know that you know like I, I met my friend asha and she was you know just helping these guys set up the show and the migos i had helped set up the show so these promoters i didn't even know who they were they were just you know how it goes you deal with all these people and then they have a lot of money but they don't know really know what they're doing and it's it just turns into a huge clusterfuck, basically. So they had they had Baby Chino, they had Denzel Curry, uh, the Migos. There, they had all these artists I'd never really heard of. But I'm I'm grateful that I still helped with this show, despite the fact because I was dealing with these promoters who were giving me a hard time. I was trying to help them set up a show, and you know Aaron Miller, right? Uh, yeah, of course. Well, Aaron Miller, of course, he's part of the Explore Job. But I, you know, this is the first event. That I really got to know him, you know. I think I've seen Aaron Miller at at clubs for years, but I just yeah. really didn't get to know him. I didn't even know he was part of Exploded Drawing. I just knew that he was an Austin guy, but he was helping manage. I'm trying to think of his his music name. I've got it on the tip. I've got the Malt, tape. Multi multi track. Multi track. Yeah, I've yes. got I got the tapes. 
shit. I mean, dude, yeah. mad love to him. Big shout out to him and his girl. You know, I mean, I have so much love and respect for him. And it's crazy because like Ben was later managing the ND, but at this time Aaron was. And if I if I hadn't known, well, just because Aaron had known me for so long, he knew that I was gonna know a certain procedure to how to run this event. They had booked the venue and they had booked all the artists, including the Migos. But I didn't know like all this all this stuff that had happened the previous year. And just dealing with these college kids promoters who were trying to run everything, but they were just making making everything I was trying to do for them so hard. So like I'd be trying to get these artists set up. They, they had this terrible set list of like how these artists were able to play, and they were just giving everybody a hard time. And it was a total mess. But you know, just seeing from Aaron and how I was able to like pull it off and get it done, it was it was it was totally worth all the bullshit I had to go through for all of it. Man, yeah, I didn't I. I knew about it. I forgot. That's crazy. But uh, those days, I mean, I remember when Mike Henry was booking the North Door before, right before Ben. And I also remember, you know, I, do you remember a TV station called ME Television? It was like a local Austin music video channel that lasted maybe a couple of years. I guess it's 2014. Way before that. Like, I remember like the three. O- I remember the Austin. Is that the Austin music channel? Was that it? It was different from that, actually. Okay. And, uh, like Babu Blake's had a show on there. Okay. He was a host and uh, a few. It was, it was pretty crazy. Bobby Bones, who's like one of the biggest country commercial radio DJs in the world now. He he was on there. Uh, but they were located, their soundstage was the North Door before it was a venue because it was a TV studio. Okay. okay. And then I got to see that transform into like one of the coolest venues. Yeah, for sure. Here in Austin. For sure, man. What, um... <clears throat> What was like your earliest shows? I mean, I mean, and also you say like so you went to middle school and here like I've been here since elementary been, school. Been here since elementary school. I came so, here in nineteen ninety. Man, so what music were you into growing up here? Well, you know, basically nineteen ninety. Yep. Of course, we grew up on Vanilla Ice, right? And then there was <laughs> of course like PM Dawn, and you know, just coming because my I was the youngest of three. My brothers were always ahead of the game. But, you know, of course, Yo! MTV raps when when we finally got cable at my house. We'd yeah. be watching a lot of that. And, like, my first few concerts, you know, my first concert ever was, you know, Primus. Okay, where I, was that? In San Antonio. Oh, in San Antonio. At the yeah. Alamo Dome. And, okay. You know, I, I just remember those things, like, opening up doors to, like, everything. I mean, we got, you know, coming from the era that we came from, because it was about MTV, and then seeing how MTV kind of, like, wasn't the thing that that's not completely changed. It totally completely changed. But you know, those, how the TV made impacts. And just like you were talking about the Austin music channel was also a big, kind of a big impact for me too, because if you remember that old theater where it was originally, that was a porn theater. Exactly. Of Congress. Exactly. So there was a huge dispute about that. And then they had to shut that down. But there were guys that I met who were working there, who were shooting a lot of videos and stuff, and then I ended up becoming friends with them who started from that place. I think Emmy Television must have come out of Austin Music Network in a sense because their office started out there as well. Absolutely. In that in the old porn theater on Absolutely. Congress. Absolutely. Man, that's a whole nother we talk about Sixth Street all the time, but dude, Congress was like the Wild West back in the day. <laughs> Man, back even, in those days even it UT, was wild. Even the UT, all the, the streets off the drag was gosh. I still remember all the parties they used to have at all the, uh, you know, at all the, all the co-ops. Yeah. And just where even some famous artists came through. Bass Nectar came through the 21st Street co-op I had heard at some point. I'm sure. Oh, my God. 
That was the shit. <laughs> when Bass Decker was big. The 21st Street Co-op, that was the shit. Oh, my God. It's still there. It's still there. Man. What, um, but I'm wondering, like, because being in, I mean, Austin in the 90s, I mean, talk about Austin Music Network, but also just public access was insane. The, the crazy-ass shows would be on there. But, you know, that scene, like the punk scene back then, and, the, I mean, it was the beginnings of the electronic and dance scenes were definitely around that time. Like, were you seeing that sort of thing or seeing much, I mean, much I of a saw, local? I've seen it all, man. I've seen it all. As, as far as that, as far as that'll go, whatever goes. I still remember going to on, you know, seeing noise shows and being like, what is this? I mean, as far as the era that like we came from, it's just like you just showed up and whatever it was, it, it was what it was. You know, you can't, I mean, the access of just turning on your phone is so much easier and deciding if you want to do it or not. As far as far as us when we were kids, we were just going into it, and when raves were starting to happen here, you can still remember companies like Arc Entertainment. Yeah, you know what I mean. That were just changing the the whole state hall to just the whole st- how the state of Texas looked in general. You know, and then those things were just coming out of nowhere. You know, like that has an impact in how we grow and and how that inf- information is being passed on to the next generation. I mean, now it's a, it's a corporate thing or it's a business thing, but. You wanted to almost make that thing illegal. I mean, they kind of did. I you know? mean, <laughs> some of those raves were illegal. <laughs> it is what it crazy, is. But they were fun. Like those days were were amazing. But there's a that's like to me, like because I didn't grow up here, you know. But when I when I came here in the beginnings, like I said, it was like the ultimate destination, man. Like the most chillest, weirdest, like music centric place you could ever imagine, you know. And it was like. On Reddit a while back, someone made a post that was just like, what do you miss about the old Austin? And I was like, $400 rent split three ways. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you could really, like, you could live as an artist, as a person promoting small shows. And like, you could just get out and house. step out of your house, man. That's how it was. You just could step out of the house and find life. And that's, mm-hmm. of course, that's the part we all miss. But I think just, I mean, not, it's just my opinion, but us as old schools, we could still present it. It's just takes a lot of more different work to make it happen but i mean i'm still i'm still always amazed by things out here it's just i don't know if it's me getting older or whatever but I mean, i'm still seeing lots of good stuff yeah what's some of the other things you've seen since uh coming back since i've seen you at exploded drawing like what are some of the cool shows what are, who are, who should we be looking out for well you know i just saw grimy styles the other day it was really good to see them with super funicos you know like those are that's classic to me and that was yeah. really good to get back to that and i grew up with those guys too since their beginning, you know, despite the fact of the breakup that they had, you know, Jacob, who, who you saw him open up for Mad Professor yep. recently, I still keep close to him and I'm still close to those guys. But I did a podcast with Martin and Matt, too. You did? Yeah. That's awesome. Right before Richard. The one right before Richard is oh, Martin and Matt. I'm going to go listen to that one. And then we had something come up that night. We couldn't get down there and miss the show. Oh, it's all, they'll, they'll have some more. They'll have some more. But I got to see them and reconnecting with them, man, has been a blessing. When I met Grimy Styles, it was them with Abstract Rude and DJ Fat Jack. And At Flamingo? Yeah. At Flamingo. Man. And that was that was a super iconic life changing event for me too, because you know, just like every especially here in Texas, but there's always like a recession, an economic recession, and you don't even know if the scene's gonna come back. So basically when I caught the this is back in probably like two thousand three or four. Yeah. You know, and then I just like decided to come out and go see them play. And then they were playing and I never even knew who Grammy Styles were. And I've been friends with them ever since. Oh, they're game changers live, especially, man. In those days, that was like a whole. 
Oh my god, revolution! So amazing. I mean, they've advanced with the technology, but just like them, seen coming from a lot of analog stuff because you know Martin used to come up there with like ten synths, exactly. <laughs> ten synths, and then he just go out and figure it out, which is a procedure. But now he's broken it down to a few things. Like you know, Martin's been putting in the work. You know, God bless him and his wife Erin. You know, got a still got a son now too. It's so crazy to me just to see. I mean, I'm very close with Martin. Very close to Martin. That's great. Yeah, man. I, we should have, I, I hate to miss that show. And I saw they even announced like they did a show at radio one night. Yeah. It yeah. Random. It was before then. It was before then too. Man. Yeah. Look out for grimy styles. Yeah, they're still out here bringing heat, making another record right now too. So. That record just dropped. Oh, it just dropped. Yeah. Okay. I got the last record. Yeah, me too. But that just, in fact, I need to, you know what they they put up that, have you been to love wheel records yet? Mm-mm. There's like 10 new record shops in Austin, man, by that's, the way. That's good to hear. Which is amazing. That's good to hear. But Love Wheel is up on Justin Lane, and I saw Martin specifically post that he dropped records off there, so I need to pick that up today. Mm. I've had the digital, but yeah, yeah. The, the Wax didn't make it to that show. It didn't even make it. It came like the next week. Okay, okay. But they've got, they've got Wax. I'll keep my ear close to that, of course. I always, I'm still a vinyl fiend. I'm trying to make sure I get turntables again. Yeah, no, I know. Man, and on another note, Talking about the economy and stuff. Have you seen how much damn techniques cost now? Well, they got the new ones, the MK5s, right? Or six or seven. Yeah, but even the old ones, like you used to be able to get them for like 400. Oh, they're at least 700 bucks. Easy. Yeah. Easy yeah. for used ones. Yeah. Ugh. I know. Just right. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a gear fiend. I got to be careful with all that stuff. Yeah, gas, turntables, all this shit. It's too much. Things have changed. Oh, we could complain all day, man. We're going to keep it rolling, though, you know? Yeah, of course. And we do, and you do, man. Literally, man. You're out there, and it's like, I always feel like that's an inspiration to me. Like, you know, because I've had moments where I don't even have a right to be down necessarily. Be like, oh, what is this? You know, but I'm like, you know, we all let ourselves get into that sort of thing. And, you know, all it takes for me is just to see, like, someone like yourself who overcoming odds, making shit happen, getting out there. We're not, we're not kids you know? anymore, man. I, I, I was always inspired by you, Matt. And to see how it is, to see your, you know, see your daughters grow up. I was just thinking about that earlier, you know, like seeing how much they grow. And that makes me realize you know, how much work I put in here. Because we can all get lost in whatever or just feel down on ourselves. But, man, I've never felt so much more stronger about everything. You know, I graduated school. I still got to do more school. But did you graduate during the pandemic? Or yeah, I graduated during Didn't even walk. Couldn't even man, walk. I, I was going to school on a computer screen and I still got through it all. And it's like, you know, it's good enough for me. I, at least I know, I know I got it. I got a digital copy of my, of my degree, of my certification, and I'm ready to go and go back into it again. Going to go back to UT or St. Edwards right now and I'm just going to school like, no complaints, man. Despite the health, yeah, I can complain about it all day, but no more complaints about that. Nah, man, and that's the thing. I My daughter turned, she's 20 now, she turned 18 in 2020. <laughs> she's like, you know, hi, I'm ready to go do everything. And, like, she had it. She, she missed out on a lot of things she was supposed to do that year, but I had to keep reminding, you know, the youth that, you know, there's 8 billion people on the planet going through this right now. And to be honest with you, this ain't, this isn't just you or me or. It was scary for all of us, man. Yeah. It was scary for all of us. Trust me. I just think about that until the time I moved into this house. My God. You know, when I finally find the opportunity to move over here, I'm still, I'm, I'm so a little bit heartbroken about moving because this is my last month here. And I still remember the first day of being able to come here and how much that's changed just from that time, you know? 
been here for a year and a half. Like I said, that's yeah. not a lot of time, but like I'm Did so. Did you come up in South Austin? Yeah, you're South Austin. I'm I can from tell. Oak Hill, from four nine, bro. Oh, you know, back down there in the escarpment in Conway Hill. I spent most of yeah a lot of my young life there. Grew up there. Man, my, you know, like my parents have passed away, and then you know they're buried at the Cook Walden Cemetery right down the street. Oh there. man, damn. I I have to say, in the 90s, when I first was coming up here, my best friends were the group Sociopath Left, which Mr. Cree, Crop Diggy, also passed away. Oh, God bless. Dude, I, I have photos of Crop. Crop is from, Crop, Arvin is from right at the top of Convict Hill. Yeah. His house is right behind that shopping center, like right there. Yeah. And then Crop was just down like Manchac a little yeah, bit. I grew up, you know, God bless him, you know, rest in peace. Because like, man, I, so many shows I used to go with Crop Diggy back in the day. I remember one time uh, I was helping the Wu-Tang Clan tour and I was able to bring Crop Diggy through. That was a madhouse. That was a madhouse. Where was that? This is South by 2011. Not South by. I mean, it was basically January of 2011. So, and that was at the music hall? No, it was at the old Emos. The old Emos. With the old Evos. That's like the, right. It was over there. Oh my god. I remember that show being so crazy and everybody was like we already sold the show out but everybody was still trying to get nobody else could get in so the, we were trying to I was sneaking in more people at that show and I got crop diggy and we, we were hanging out with you know Method Man's manager and everybody and, you know I remember that he appreciated that too. He was definitely excited about that and to be honest with you in January when I, I was still working at South by, so there was no way I was going out in January. Like there was oh, no that's way. So I crazy that. about yeah, that is like I right after that. I left that Wu Tang Clan tour, I got raided. Raided? Yeah, that was like the beginning because like. Yeah, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I, man, I ain't nothing. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm a real Texas boy. I put in time for this state. I've bled and shed tears for this place. So, man. you know, that's another thing we need to talk about that I also wanted to talk about is like the level of injustice and just to be you know a person from a colored background or whatever to to go through how the state deems it is it's so obvious you know what i mean i don't want to be such a political person because i'm not having to bring it up here but our jail Shit, and prison system is absolutely a catastrophe you know what i mean so i got raided you know they thought i was doing a bunch of stuff you know being in the entertainment music industry they'd see me setting up shows everywhere they just started following me and I was staying at a friend's house, and they raided me. They raided the house because of me, and it was literally right after I set up the tour for the Wu Tang Clan tour. I helped the, I helped them out through just Houston and Dallas, and then mm-hmm. the Austin tour. But uh, I got gotten raided after I was done. After after actually they finished the show in Houston, I came back to Austin, and they came and raided. They raided me. I mean, what were they looking for? They always thought I was, you know, pushing a lot more drugs, and at that time, if you know, if I wasn't getting my head together, it would have been a whole lot worse. I didn't get anything, actually. So I had to, thank God I had an attorney at the time because they basically, they arrested me one time and they just kept on pulling up these tiny cases and they were trying to pull a bigger case on me and they weren't able to get it, you know? And then I was able to, you know, deal with all that battle at all, even during these times. Like, this, that's such an iconic period. Basically, 2010 to 2012 is, you know, such a resurgence in, of me, really, because... You know, going through such economic, you know, recessions and not having an opportunity to, to come back and, you know, to come up on anything. It's just, you know, it leaves you like battling a double edged sword. That's so unfair. So, you know, I got raided and then I was able to, you know, bounce back and, you know, dealing with this, 
the you know also realizing that I was having this condition and disease was also happening at the same time. Man, so trying to figure it out, getting help from the state, and then of course eventually I got I got in trouble again and caught another case in 2012, which revoked my probation, and then I had to go to prison for a couple of years after that. Damn, see, but that's what a lot of people don't realize about you know these streets and this other shit. Like that one little case. Oh my god! Opens up a big door. As they say, coming to, like they always say, come to Texas and leave on probation. Visiting Texas and then leave on probation. Like, you have to be careful with the grounds that we walk on here because the state of Texas has had its history. But if you get caught up in the system, it's, you know, unfortunately for a lot of people, you know, as they say, what, 75% of males who go to prison will go back to prison. And that's, that sucks. That's not fair. Where were you? I was uh, at Pam Lynchner in Houston, Houston State Prison. You Ooh, know what I'm saying? Yeah. I did a lot of my time in Houston State Prison, you know. And, you know, they, of course, they check you in at Holiday, and then you never know where you're going to go. You're just bouncing around to different prisons all over Texas. But most, a lot of prisons that are here in Texas are around Houston. Yeah. So I did my time over there, and I got out, and I'm so grateful I don't have to do it again. And there's just been so much growth just because of that, you know. I'm grateful for it too at the same time. You know what I mean? Like I went through units that like Pimp C went through at Darrington and just seeing what is, you know, what it's like to have to go like that, go through those type of things. Your life is a barcode, you know, from that mm. point on, and then you're just stuck under the conditions of what Texas leave. And it's not even fair where they put you at. It's like, this is what you're stuck with. And it, your survival is just in the most harshest conditions. So, you know, that's what I never understood, like the moving of prisoners around all kinds of places. Like I know people who, you know, you get busted in Houston and then they put you out in North Texas somewhere and your mother has to drive yeah, man. nine hours to see you or that's, something. That's just how they do it here, man. They're not going to keep you in the same place. Mm. Hopefully that you can get through the time and not have to. I mean, one thing's for sure, whatever, you're always going to be a witness to violence there. And it just causes all types of conditions ptsd and stuff like that but you know if you got friends that are locked up keep on praying for them keep on putting money on their books so they can come out and do the things that they need to do and you know just like bringing up pimp c again just you know seeing what he had to do and what and how the system had you know hurt him it breaks my heart you know to see what he had to go through but the the big message of it all is like you know like i mean pimp c is one of the biggest biggest icons of texas period really if you ask me just to what he's been able to hold out for the rest of us out here. You know, his message still brings very strong out here for the rest of us. Yeah, that was four years for him. That was oh my God. terrible. Yeah, especially at the unit he was at. at I actually time. interviewed him there. And he was telling me that, I don't know how your situation was, but they're in like the, I don't know what you, like the door, not door, like the room with the, all the beds. Like, it's not like you have a yeah, cell that's, with that's another, all, that's another person. All. It's just a, a big ass gym like room with a bunch of beds. It's 65. It's a room. It's four rooms of 65 people in each room. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, that's how it's always been. They're all the same. I mean, the only unit that they really have two man cells at, cause that's what most people expect is, um, the walls, you know? And that's Which, the unit. That's that, death row. Isn't it? Or the it's, wall? Huntsville? It's, it's still in Huntsville, but it's a different unit because okay. gen- generally people who are at the walls are doing at least 10 years. Okay. Okay. And it's like a mechanic unit. And, you know, it, when, you're, then when you're checking out of there, it, you, you're leaving a unit that there, there are guys that have been in there longer than you are and you're leaving before you. So you want to talk about a level of gratitude that you're so grateful to 
to have. You're 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 leaving a place that people are doing time at a unit for a long time. You know what I mean? And that's that's the unit. I don't you know, of course Bonnie and Clyde, but Clyde did was known for doing time at the walls. Mm. It's a very old old unit. Did you have a radio? I had a radio when I was in county. I mean, okay. radios aren't really that hard to. I mean, you can get them, but. Well, that was the whole reason I stayed on KPFT for as long as we did, because that was that was our listenership. Okay. Mostly, I mean, people outside listened to some, but it was we got so many letters from the prisons in the surrounding area, people who had their radios, and it was like their. Yeah, man. Trust me, I understand why the radio is important. I mean, just when I was in county, I had a radio that someone had passed on to me, and it was definitely life changing for me to have. Mm-hmm. You know, but I will always be on the, with all the radio. Uh, what is that radio station on? Uh, man, forgot it. Um, but he, I got to meet this this other this other radio host who used to run a show on 101X every Sunday. What was it called? Chillville. Chillville. Okay, yeah. When it was like the, it was kind of like with an Ray Sergan. You know Ray Sergan? Yeah. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine too, man. Damn. I saw. I used to. I'm good friends with him. And but I remember when I used to listen to his radio station in jail. I was so just happy to be able to listen to a lot of cool indie stuff that he was playing. But every Sunday I would listen to him in in Travis County Jail right before I was about to go to TDC. Man, yeah, that's crazy. <clears throat> but at least you had that. I'm music. Oh, come on, there it is again. There it is again, saving my life again. You know, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. I'm just addicted to much as much music as I was when I was a kid. You know, that hasn't changed at all. Good, good. That's amazing, man. What shows? Uh, you told me it shows you're working on. Is there anything? Any other bands or DJs or artists we need to be looking out for? Because I know you. You're out there more than I am. There's just too much. I mean, like I said, the new generation's coming around. I mean, September, we got gorillas coming. I'm definitely trying to keep my ears on that with the gorillas. I know oh, is that going to be like a coda? It's going to be at the Frank Irwin Center. What? Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm, that's a big one. But, of course, there's Nostron with the Wu-Tang Clan. Is that coming to Austin? That's at the, the racetrack. Okay. Okay, but those are, those are the big ones that are coming down from here. Are those as far as what's coming up in September. But there's... There's too much stuff, really. But I just got my eyes on that. But, and then, of course, my show that I got coming in, it's September, too. Do you go to, like, the Smoke Out or any of the young hip-hop? I keep shows, close, to, actually, to, to Kid Jones, of course. Of course, yeah. Kid Jones and Corey Kendricks and Harris. But I mean, I, uh, another group that I am always keep close to is, uh, you know, uh, Minds of a Different Kind. Oh, man, yes. And seeing them come around and still doing their thing, I'm... Bumped into Breeze the other day at the Grimy Style Show, actually. And uh, just seeing what they're doing is is always, you know, it's always, it brings more life to me just knowing to see the generation they come from and seeing how much they've grown, too. Man, I remember I met them at the, at the Cypher. Oh, yeah. At their, at when they had like their, the, it was like a youth group. Well, they used to have battles, too, yeah. just on the street, too. Yeah. We're dub six and all that. We just have the, the league battles. And the league was part of it, too. Yeah, that was a, you know, speaking of Kid Jones and all that, who I love, and I love, you know, Corey and the whole, all the LNS and everything, of course. But, I mean, there was a real moment when the league was doing it and Eric Dingus was getting all these placements mm-hmm. and at Kid Jones and, and Pac <clears throat> Boy Tank and. Riders Against the Storm, yeah. and uh, there was a lot of momentum for a while there here. I mean, it's crazy because how I met them is because of DJ Charlie, and then uh, if you know if you're familiar with, well, of course, yeah. Boom. Where's Charlie? He's all right. Trust is me, he? He, he I've seen him in a minute. He DJ the show for me because he's been chefing and also a new dad. If you don't, ah, you know, so, excellent. So he's been doing that, but like I said, he's 
he DJs still once in a while, but he's been chefing it up, working for Tots at the Ramen Tatsu. I didn't know. Yeah, he works, I think, at the Komori, their Komori store, so it's more of their upper class stuff. Okay. But uh, he's still doing it. Like, he DJed a show for me about two weeks ago. He's still got it. He hasn't given you, he'll jump in once in a while for, you know, Corey Kendricks or Kid Jones when they when they want him to, but he hasn't given up. He's still strong. Man, that's... For tough. all the other Asian Americans out there still holding out, you know? There you go. Yeah, man. I'm uh, I'm taking baby steps back into the events, I think. Man, I still you know? got mad love for you, Matt. You do not know how much I still still deeply honored and just amazed that you're still doing the thing, man. I mean, the feelings mutual. It's all good, man. I mean, and... I'm not, you know, I'm I'm focused on this podcast stuff. I've got some ideas for events coming up, but uh, I'm not gonna lie. I don't want to jump too quickly back into it. One step know? at a time, man. I'm yeah. m- making sure our history stands here and holds its grounds is just as important. So for you to ask me about that type of stuff, especially how much we've had to go through, you know, I think a it's lot. important for us to keep on educating people about what's going on here and who are the ones still holding it down too. Yeah, exactly, exactly, man. There's a lot of exciting things happening right now. Well, if people would like to get in touch with you, like to know more, or keep up with what you've got going on, what's the best way to find you? You can know still what? find me on Instagram at ATX Rockstars. ATX Rockstars is my label that I've held. I haven't changed it. It's funny how it's still still holding the same title it does, but you can still find me on Instagram, and I'm still setting up a lot of a variety of events, of, of lots. I mean, I don't know how much I'm going through, but I'm just got... A lot going on here. A lot going on. Man, good. As you should, man. And uh, I'll definitely try to keep up with these things a little better now that we're, we're back. Oh, it's back all right. here in the mix. We'll be, keep on going. We'll keep going. And I appreciate you having us over and, and doing this with me as well because I've always, you know, wanted to get a bit of your story and, and that sort of thing. I mean, tell the stories of the people who really are doing it. Yeah, for sure, man. No real format here. Just trying to, like I said, talk to my friends, man. I'm definitely happy. To, I mean, shit, it's been... Maybe not quite twenty. Close. Um, it's been a it's been a minute. It's, it's been a minute. It's been it's been a <laughs> it's been a long time for sure, man. Like I said, yeah, for a minute for sure. Well, definitely, man. I appreciate your time, no problem, my brother, man. and we will definitely stay in touch. And everybody out there listening, I appreciate you guys very much as well. Like I always say, tell a friend to tell a friend. Share this thing. Let me know where are you listening. I'm Toxo Realist on Instagram and on Twitter. You can message me there. Matt at pushermania.com is the email. Uh, I'd love to know. Like if you're on, if you have a favorite podcast listening platform, and for some reason we're not there, let me know. Let me know where I need to be. I need to hear that from you. Again, thank you, Noah. Thank you, Matt. And let's definitely stay in touch. Thank you all. Absolutely. Stay blessed.